Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT high atop the radio world in our Turn It, Don't Burn It studios with Commander Chris Camaro, Dave, and uh, the other, uh, I don't know, I don't want to call them staff because they're really not staff. They just kind of linger around here. And all of our affiliates on the Barbecue Nation Radio Network uh, through Sun and Vision Group there. Um, this segment of Barbecue Nation is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef from the heart of the Pacific Northwest. It's beef the way nature intended. That's um, that's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Um we're going to be talking to Mark Graham today from Gorilla Grills in Michigan. Now, I don't know if any of you've heard of them. I know some of you have because some of you own them out there. But I found this really interesting story. And so we kind of went back and forth and we were going to do this before COVID, which I call BC. And now we're mid-COVID, which is MC. And uh, But Mark's been kind enough to make time today to talk to us. So, Mark, welcome to Barbecue Nation. Thanks for having me. No worries. How in the world did you get uh, in the barbecue business and creating <laughs> grills? Yeah, it's kind of a, a long story, but I'll keep it short for the listeners. Uh, so basically, uh, after I got out of the military, I came back and started working for my uh, one of my best friends who took over his uh, family business. I worked in the automotive division with him. And in 2007, uh, pellet furnaces, the heat your home were a thing. Right. So, they said, hey, Mark, uh, make a pellet furnace. I'm like, what in the world, a pellet furnace? Anyway, our team, uh, we developed a pellet furnace, started selling them, traveled around like Tommy Boy, sold these things throughout the um, East Coast mainly. And when I was doing shows, I started seeing these pellet grills. And I was like, huh, that's kind of cool. You know, we know the technology. We already do pellet furnaces, auger, fire, all that good stuff. So we developed one here and uh, started using the same dealer network that we already had set up. And... Uh, kind of went from there and it was just kind of a pet project of mine that has now turned into a full-blown business and uh has been just insane since uh the unfortunate COVID had struck because people are staying home and they're barbecuing man well they are um you know i was talking to a couple industry guys uh yesterday and i found out something interesting now it's going to veer off the subject just for a minute but you can address this a couple of the major barbecue manufacturers are not actually manufacturing right now because they can't get chips and parts and different things like that. Cause they can get them overseas and stuff. Um, and I found, I found that fascinating because I was trying to help a friend of mine get a grill and they can't get it because they don't have any of them. You haven't run into anything like that. Have you? Well, I mean, I did a Facebook live actually about three hours ago, talked about how we ran out of a lot of inventory. Um, the sales spiked so hard for most of us barbecue people that um, it was just, you know, something you, you can't plan for. Sure. Uh, and so we undeniably ran out of a lot of supplies. The grills, we just literally just made it 
Um, but we thought we were going to be sold out of grills. Um, but you know, our supply chain was they were given to us. And then, uh, so we're just getting all the rest of the supplies in this week and, uh, we should be caught back up, but it hasn't affected us quite that bad. And, but I, I hundred percent hear the same stories you do. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Now I, I understand completely about being caught off guard and a spike in sales. Cause all of a sudden, you know, you had an extra 75 million people staying at home with nothing to do. So <laughs> Exactly. There was an extra cash in the pocket. Yeah. And they were like, hmm, okay. And out, I don't know how it was in Michigan. I, you know, I kind of followed the news emphatically. And so I've seen what the wars you guys have had with your state government oh, and yeah. stuff about staying open and not staying open and this and that and what have you. But like out here, all the golf courses stay open. So a lot of guys were going and playing golf in the morning and then they were going to, oh, yeah. and they were barbecuing in the afternoon. And it's like <laughs> things went through the roof out here. Yeah. In a way, obviously I feel bad in a way that we have been able to prosper and business grow in such a bad you know, thing that we're in. But you know what? Hey, what we have been able to do is I've hired three more people in the last month. Um, our business has grown. We make a product that people can enjoy. They can stay home with their fa- friends and families and eat healthy food, man. And uh, so from that standpoint, you know, I'm glad I can uh, have a product to uh, be involved in that. With. Oh, yeah. No, I, you know, anybody that I've got a friend of mine that runs some barbecue restaurants in Seattle. And what he did is, you know, they kind of got closed down. Uh, for the most part, takeout dining only. And he went, mm-hmm. he went around, they had two locations. He went around and leased two more restaurants that had been closed down for uh, takeout only. Now they would cook the food at his main uh, restaurant because that's where the, oh, yeah. the pits were. But then they had a uh, couple of little trucks with the proper, you know, storage heating and stuff in the back. And they would take them to these um, kind of ancillary locations around seattle and uh distribution centers <laughs> yeah exactly what that was i don't i think they're still there i haven't talked to him lately i don't know with all the civil disturbance up there that if <laughs> they might have burned down i have mm. no idea but um <laughs> uh, yeah it was like a, anyway back to gorilla grills so you started with the you know you saw the pellet thing and uh pellet heaters and you evolved from that but you do most of the design work don't you yeah, myself and uh, I got another engineer that works with me, and uh, um, we're able to do all the design in house. We have laser centers, um, brake presses. So in most cases, we design stuff here, we fabricate it, and in some cases, we actually make the first run of these things here and get them out in the public, make sure they're um, they perform properly before we take anything overseas and start the mass production of them. That gives us a, a way for us to get in the market quickly without spending a lot of tooling dollars, make sure everything's legit and right. it really worked in our favor. Well, that's great. Did, did you think when you came out of the army that are the service that, uh, this is where you were going to be doing this? Not even, uh, for a smidgen. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd be selling barbecue girls and designing them. And, and I, I, I absolutely feel blessed to be in such a fun industry. Cause I was, as I mentioned, after I got out of the air force, that I went into the automotive vision and that just sucks. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing fun about it. And it's a, I'm looking across the street right now and seeing where I used to work across the street, which I'm still part of the business. Um, and in some sense, but it's almost a little animosity. The guy's looking at our building, watching us fly around in scooters, grilling every morning and afternoon, grilling outside. And, uh, 
So I feel a little lucky, man. <laughs> Did you have any um barbecue experience at all prior to doing this i mean did you cook on your deck at home or you know anything i had your standard new i'm your standard i don't know middle-aged man that had a weber gas grill that i use once in a while that's it i'm Got a sheet it. metal guy fabrication i grew up on a farm i love working my hands um never been on videos or facebook lives or any of that stuff i just like making fun stuff you know as a kid and then now to be able to do that and make fun products and be on videos and it's it's been a really strange ride but it's been a lot of fun well if you go folks if you go to grilla that's g-r-i-l-l-a grills.com um, and you can see mark there because he kind of walks you through on their videos on how they're made how to run them you know all the different mm -hmm. aspects of that that's him so just so you can put a face to the voice that's that's well, mark mark back there it's not mark anymore you know my new name is the bald guy in the video the bald guy in the video <laughs> There you yeah, go. I, 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 I'm changing my birth certificate here next week. That's all. <laughs> oh, you're that guy, in the, the bald guy in the video. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah. I know, <laughs> that's how, okay. I know how that goes. I still have some hair. It's just I got a cul-de-sac on the top of my head now. So, you know. I, I feel your pain, man. Yeah. It, I never it, heard that. That's a good one. I never heard that before. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I wear hats all the time. I'm, I'm notorious for wearing hats. And, of course, when we... On the lived on the ranch, we wore hats because you were out in the sun all the time. You wanted to keep, mm. you know, like that. But I, I think ever since junior high or high school, I've always worn hats and mostly baseball hats. But I wore my cowboy hats when I was on the ranch and riding and this kind of stuff. And I'm driving down the road the other day, and these little wispy hairs. Not that this isn't about barbecue, but I'm sure some of the guys <laughs> in the audience can relate can to it. You know, you got the window rolled down, your left arm's hanging out there like that, and you look in the mirror and you just kind of catch it. And then these little, I, I, I had red hair. Now I have what they call, I guess, cinnamon sugar hair is what some kid told me last year. <laughs> but it's, it's just kind of flying in the breeze. And I'm thinking, God, remember back in the days when you actually had that, uh, that thick all over your head? type thing anyway um oh, yeah. when you're putting a design together mark um and, and we've got about two minutes before we go to go, go to break so we can pick this up on the other side too yeah. but when you're putting a design together do you just kind of are you just looking at other maybe other products uh out of your line and then other products out of other manufacturers lines and you say you know i think well, we could do that better yes and no i mean the gorilla which is the first one we designed it looks like no other grill out there. And that was 100% the intentions. We didn't want to have another barrel with a stack off the side, cookie cutter. And right. I'm saying that even against the silverback because we wanted to come to market something different. It's got a revolving lid, which there's not one like it on the market. Got a flame viewing window that you see the fire shooting up behind the cool logo. I mean, it's incredibly unique. But what we also found is that was a kind of an Achilles heel because people didn't understand it. They're like, what is this? Is it a gas grill? Is it a charcoal? Right. And they never, is it a smoker? Is it a grill? So it was awesome, but it was not good in the same situation. But so, yes, we wanted, we do do our own designs, but, you know, you do kind of follow what the herd a little bit. And the herd, you know, just knows what a barrel with a smokestack, oh, it's got to be a smoker. So you do have to kind of play that role a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, there's the parts that you can change besides, besides the exterior design, but you still have to have basic things that you got, you got to have same fire. Engine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're all the same engine inside. You got an auger fan control board and, they, and 
really these all these pellet bureaus out there, we almost all burn the same pellet in a little round three and a half, four inch diameter burn pot. The rest is just steel. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it works great though. I mean, I don't have one of your grills, but, uh, I love pellet grills. Well, we're going to, on that note, we're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Mark Graham in just a minute from Gorilla Grills. Please stay with us. You're listening to Barbecue Nation. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. Um, Real quickly, if you want to contact us, there's a couple ways to do it. You want to contact me uh, directly, it's info at thecowboycook.com, info at thecowboycook.com. If you want to talk about the show or something, you can go to Barbecue Nation. It's BBQ Nation JT. There's no slash, no hyphen or anything there. And that's dot com there. And you can send me a message on there, an email message there. It gets to me. Also, we're on Facebook and uh, Twitter and all those things. You can just look at for Barbecue Nation with JT. Um, and we'll have some more subscriptions coming up to National Barbecue News here in a couple of weeks to be giving away. So pay attention to that. We're uh, talking with uh, Mark Graham from Grilla Grills. Uh, how'd you come up with that name? I actually got a funny story about that one because so you know when I first developed the grilla, which is the round one I referred to earlier, I, I named it Revolve because the lid kind of revolves around like clamshells. Sure. So we hired a marketing firm to help us out because we are basically a not an e-commerce or retail style business. We made automotive parts, right? Right. And they came there and they pitched a bunch of names, and Grilla Grills is the one that they love the most. And uh, my best friend or the owner is like, that's pretty good, and I hated it. I mean, I despised it. I was kicking stones down the road. I was so mad. I'm like, this is not a monkey girl. This is the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> but here we are. Uh, let's see, that was about 2009. So here we are 10 years later. And all I've ever heard is that that's the greatest name ever. Great job. <laughs> so I, I ate some serious crow on that one. And, you know, but you always say, right, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And trust people that know what their job is. And mine is not marketing. Mine is fabrication and building. So I'm glad I listened to my boss and the marketing people and uh, went with the name because I absolutely have heard nothing but accolades about it. And I've learned to love it. Well, I'll tell you one thing. The image that comes to mind is strength to me. Yep, that's what they told us. Yeah, that's 100%. That's exactly what they said. Yeah. Because and then when you go on your website and you see the logo and stuff and like that, and I just think, man, these got to be some tough grills. Um, first thing I came to my mind is they're going to put a stupid banana handle on the, on the grill. <laughs> I was like, no, this is not happening. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll digress. I, I, I was wrong and I fully admit it. So when you designed these, Mark, you live in Michigan, you guys get some cold winters and stuff up there. Um, you know, your great lakes are around you and all that stuff. Well, I don't have to give a geography lesson here, but, um, uh, one of the things that we find that I found and I've used a lot of different grills is that, and different smokers and different pellet smokers and blah, 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 is that some of the ones that you go to the big box stores and you can buy, you can't buy Gorilla Grills there, but you can, you can buy pellet smokers and stuff, but they're really cheap and they don't, 
if you're in a colder climate, I mean, we actually get cold at times out here in Oregon. We're more damp in the wintertime than anything, but it won't hold the heat. Uh, you know, you can try to set the dial for, you know, 325 degrees, but if it ever gives above 285, you're probably lucky unless you put a quilt over it or something. How did you deal with that and the climate you come from? Great question. Um, when I was traveling around dealing with my uh, pellet furnace guys and he, one of my dealers had Traegers and I talked to him one day, I was like, I'm thinking about doing these and I'll never forget. He told me and the girl that he had there and he said, he goes, make a four seasons grill, man. He goes, this brand, um, I, they, they don't, and this was years ago, mind you. So yeah. there's been improvements in the industry um, since then. He goes, but once it gets, once it gets below 30, 40 degrees, these girls won't get about 350 degrees. I'm like, what? Yeah. He said, so you fix that. You got yourself something, Mark. And I take those things seriously. When these people, when dealers that live these products, those are the people you got to listen to. And for me, I did. And uh, build it out thick enough steel and double, put double wall construction. And we literally do not even sell a blanket. Uh, these, other, these other manufacturers, they'll gladly sell you an 80 to $150 blanket to make your grill work properly, but we don't even sell it. We actually say hashtag no blankie required. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we got guys in Canada that are cooking in negative 30 degrees, which I have no idea why, but they are. Yeah. And uh, they chug along. Um, so build it right and build it once. Yeah, absolutely. And I, that was, um, you know, that's always so disappointing too, because when you're using pellet grills and they've got great, great attributes and but that happens and and i've had people say well you know you told us to go get a pellet grill because they don't barbecue all the time and you know they may use it 10 times a year so you know you send them to the big box store and they buy something like that their budget maybe can't hold it or something and but just what you said you know it gets cold and here where it gets damp if you leave uh, pellets in the, in the box, so to speak. And you don't go through them all. You don't clean it out. They get damp and soggy and that can happen to any brand. I get that. But, yeah. but there's also there's not, a, yeah, there's also not enough firepower to, uh, utilize those too, you know? Um, so those are things that I'm not sure people actually think about when they're buying these. Oh, hundred percent. And you can find other double wall grills, not anywhere near the price that we are able to offer. And we're able to do that undeniably because we have a direct consumer product. Um, if we were to sell through stores and we did for a while, we got rid of that and changed our business model. Right. We were able to take that savings and put it in the grill. So what we lost is the exposure to having dealers, but what we've gained is a better product. And what we're finding now is, you know what, once customers come into our store or once a customer buys it and they lift the lid, they feel that they take the insides out. They're like, holy cow this thing is crazy heavy duty that's it let them sell it for you and i had a guy in last week that brought his 13th customer into me that's where i want to sell not because i got the best at walmart or something no well and then you don't have the pain in the butt of dealing with the individual retailers nothing personal guys if you're listening to the show but if you've got oh, it's if you've got 50 different retailers you got 50 different problems <laughs> Hey, yeah, we've done that with the Fahrenheit business or the pellet furnaces. They all want terms. They all want to pay you late. They all want two samples free a year. 
and you're right, it's more accounts, more management of accounts. And uh, so it's much cleaner, much more efficient business way to run business. And I think we all know it. This is the way the world's going, man. E-commerce, people sit at home. There's not even going to be a Black Friday this year. You watch. I mean, they're already announcing they're not going to have these big, you know, Walmart. Uh, right. So people, they want to sit home, press order on their phone and have it show up at their door, man. So I, I think we're poised to be in the perfect position. It's, there's no stopping it. Right. You just got to embrace it and yep. try to be a part of it. Yep, absolutely. We're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We're going to be back in a few minutes, talk some more with Mark Graham from Gorilla Grills right after this. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT here on the Barbecue Nation Radio Network, Hi. thanks to Sun Broadcast Group. And uh, we're talking with Mark Graham from Gorilla Grills today. But real quickly, I want to thank the folks over at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Uh, that's just beef the way nature intended. And uh, it's great stuff. You can find out more about it if you don't have it in your area of the country at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Also, um, the shows, if, if you don't hear them over the radio, but you hear them on one of the platforms, of course, we're on Captivate. We're on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify iTunes, CastBox, you, all those platforms you can get um, Barbecue Nation. You can also get my golf show on those, but we're not talking about golf today. And if you'd like to email me uh, directly, it's info at thecowboycook.com. And uh, that website is barbecuenationjt.com. So there you go. Uh, we're talking with Mark Graham from Grilla Grills. That's G-R-I-L-L-A um, in Michigan. How, how did the uh, folks in Michigan... Um, warm up to it no pun intended because they'd been selling the pellet grills for so long did they just think it was like a natural step to go to barbecuing with pellet grills no no <laughs> it was one of these things that i think you know when we started saying that everybody at work had no idea what we were messing with i talked to my friends and family they're like oh, what a pellet grill and you know what that was honestly a real eye-opener and i'm like this is good I, at that point, I was, I was pretty engrossed in it and in the design. And you think, oh, everybody knows about pellet grills. So we're, we're just getting into a market that's saturated. Quickly found out that not even close to that. Most people didn't even, haven't even heard of them. So that was actually exciting for us that, you know, there's a huge market out there. And then you start looking at the numbers from the Hearth and Home magazines. Now, back when we first started, pellet grills were like 1% of the grills sold in the U.S. And that has hence grown immensely. But right. Still, I don't know what the latest numbers are, but it lucky if it's even 10 percent. so talking about the market that's out there still is just unbelievable and you know if you can get a piece of that pie I'm, we're happy well i looked at the stats um and these were old stats but there are so let's say these stats are eight years old just because i don't remember exactly when they are but there at that time there was over 70 million people in the united states that barbecued or cook outdoors and, um, so like you say, if you got, if you get 10% of that, that's 7 million. And I know that number has gone up, especially since COVID because people are bored. And so, you know, they're trying their hand at outdoor cooking and stuff, but 
that's a big chunk of people. If you got 7 million people wanting to buy Gorilla Grills, man, you'd be going well, nuts. Exactly. When I first got into this, there was a particular company that, um, we'll get it all in the dirt of it, but I found out that one of the retailers took back 16,000 grills. That's returns. I'm thinking, Holt, can you imagine how many they must have sold yeah. to make that look good on the books? <laughs> so that got me thinking, like, wow, that's incredible. And that was just one company. That's that's nuts. Right. That that's is That is just nuts. When you were putting this together, like you said, we all use the same auger system. You've all got a fire pot that's, you know, three inches or whatever across and that. But, you know, the one thing we, when we get down in the weeds on this, Mark, you talk about airflow and heat distribution and that. How is Gorilla's uh, performance different than some of the other ones in those areas? Well, I really have to go by feedback and I, I live and die by feedback from our customers. Cause you know, they're the, they're the ground pounders. They're the using it every day. Sure. On top of that, the first people that we hooked up with are, are, are competition guys. And from day one, the gorilla, you know, we sent them out to some reviewers and some barbecue guys and they're like, man, that thing is unbelievable. What did you do? And I admittedly was like, I don't know. I just made something cool, the round shape and we wanted the airflow to come out evenly on both sides. And to this date, thing is probably the best smoker that we got and to say that we have this airflow engineers and heat distribution programs it's not um but it's just kind of i don't know if i call it redneck engineering is the right word but just <laughs> common sense on airflow you know and uh you can get wrapped you can go in the weeds pretty quick when you get too fancy with things and as i say in a lot of my videos kiss keep it simple stupid right um just make it right make it solid and use just general good engineering uh, thought processes. Don't over-engineer stuff, man. What? And, uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, and I was just going to say, you know, and then build it out of quality material that holds the heat well and distributes it well. If it's made out of thin steel, it's going to heat up and cool down real quick, right? So if you got a big chunk of steel that once that gets hot, it spreads out evenly, right? Right. So what, that's what absorbs the heat and then reflects it and, uh, and, and keeps the even cooking across. And that's what people want generally. It's not like a gas... Like my gas grill at home, you know, I'll burn brats on one side and I'll be undercooked on the other. You just don't see that with these girls. What, um, what's the, every, every, uh, every grill, like you said, like with certain gas grills, you got hot spots on one yeah. side. It, it, if you've got a three burner grill and you keep two of them hot and one of them for indirect, you know, like that, there's still, uh, heat distribution issues with them and you got to learn your grill. Is that the, the same? Not that there's issues, but do you just really try to tell people you got to practice and learn how you're going to do stuff on, on the grill of grills? Well, I think with anything, hundred percent, you need to do that. You're going to learn that um, there is sweet spots and you're going to learn your grill and you're going to know techniques. And with most of these pellet grills, they have a drip pan uh, that, you know, they have a heat shield for the, to stop the direct heat right and above that they got a drip pan of some sort right well most of the drip pans or essentially all of them have a slope to them so all the grease runs down to one end so what naturally happens as the heat comes up it hits that pan that's slowly drifts to the high side right just as heat so in our case you may see a, a five ten degree maybe difference on the left hand side of the silverback because that's the high side of the drip pan sure so you know i know that hey if i got a secret piece of meat i'll cheat that one to the left when I say 
this is like nothing compared to the gas grower. I'm going to absolutely burn the heck out of my brats on this side and not cook them on the other side. I mean, this is just being super critical. I mean, 10 degrees is, is really nothing in the barbecue world. Right. Is there, can your, here's, here's the pitch. Okay. And you hear it from everybody. Our pellet grill is hot enough to sear a steak. Yeah. Good question. Um, some of them are, some of them aren't, but what about gorillas? Five hundred degrees is five hundred degrees. Right. So I think almost all pellet grills go five hundred degrees. Your grates are going to be five hundred degrees. Nobody's better than anybody else. But you know, there's indirect heat, so you don't have flames shooting up. And I know some companies made how oh, uh, devices where it exposes part of the flames and right. talked about doing that. But for me, I've always uh, I've always had the um, um, worry of having all that grease and all these holes and all these movable parts underneath that are going to get gummed up after a while, which is what I heard. And I mean, I think that's a plain kiss is good. Don't get me wrong, but I throw a steak on mine all day long. Yeah. And 500 degrees. You're going to get some marks on it. If you want those nice beauty black marks, we sell uh grill grates, which is a, uh, it's a, we're a retailer form and every pellet manufacturer that I know of, most of them offer the same thing. And right. they make those pretty nice lines on your steak for your pictures, you know, but, our space, I don't know. I love it. I'm and, not. I'm, I, that's that's why we have the Kong too. If there's people that like that charcoal and flame kissed uh, um, flavor, the charcoal is something else that we carry. And uh, you know, we want to have a well-rounded uh, lineup for who wants to buy a grill. Well, yeah. I mean, to me, you know, grill marks are are you know pretty, if you will. Oh, they're pretty, but they they don't mean a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. you know it's yeah, kind of kind of like, go ahead i was gonna say i had a, st- a steak at my buddy's house we did some wings on on the chimp that he had our little pellet grill and then we did steaks on his uh got an infrared grill that gets like eight million degrees and uh it made we were in and out of the grill in eight minutes i mean you don't put flavor in your meat at that point you're just basically cooking it really quick right granted it's fantastic but i personally like a reverse sear where i'll put it on the smoker for you know, at 225, let it run for an hour or so until like the internal get about 110. Then I'll crank it up and then sear it off. So I'm getting a little flavoring on it. You know, I always, I always make fun of that. Not the, not the process. The process is great, but the me and people I cook with, we've been doing that for 30 years. You know, (laughs) it's not, it's not a new technique folks. It's, it's like, yep. You know, I'm an, awareness, man. It's, it's a new, it's the new term, right? Yeah. You know, okay. The lexicon got bigger, but it's really not changing the way I do things. You know, it's, uh, no. it, oh, yeah, you're right. it, it's funny because, um, uh, I was, I, we were doing a radio show one time and it was at a grocery store and the sales guy is a really good friend of mine. And we both walk, we walked back to the meat counter and we're just looking at around and and my buddy al the sales guy says what would you do with that he was looking at a dry tip and i said well i would do what i normally do which is i'll throw it in the smoker for about an hour like you said and uh then uh you know i fire it up a little more or i put it over to the charcoal grill real quick and uh you know sear it on both sides and and serve it like that and the meat guy goes now that's old school but that's somebody who knows how they're cook, you know, <laughs> I was like laughing. I said, well, I never heard that. Before. Well, think about these pellet girls are the reason they're hitting mainstream is that the average Joe, like me, when it comes to barbecue, 
is are learning all these new terms. I right. Mean, they've never been around. They've all wanted to smoke, right? I think everybody loves smoke food, but they're like, I don't know how to stoke a fire. What foot? What you know? What wood do I use? How do I go out there and adjust the vents? I don't got time for that, right? I mean, you're talking about the Americans that we're dealing with now. They want the easy button. They want the adult easy bake oven. Right? Not right. pink, but they want something they can push a button and look like a hero and have some good food. And that's what pellet girls come in. And that's why they're absolutely exploding. And the terms, like you said, are like, well, I reverse sear steak and guys like yourself, like, oh my gosh, I've been doing that for years. Yeah. So you just have to let them. Let them be excited, man. I guess that's oh, what yeah. to, right? Oh, yeah. I never <laughs> criticize anybody for that, but I kind of chuckle under my oh, bro- sure. under my breath. It's like, yeah, okay. You know, yeah, it's been there, done that a couple yeah, years ago. Yeah, it's it's all good. Hey, we're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We're going to be back with Mark Graham in just a few minutes from Grilla Grills up in Michigan. They also have a store in uh, Dallas, Texas. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. So please stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. There's a fire starting in my heart. Uh, Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, and uh, we'd like to thank you very much for allowing us to be with you on on your airtime today. You've selected us, and uh, I thank you for that. We've got Mark Graham from Gorilla Grills here. Mark served in the Air Force for 11 years and uh, went to work when he got out. He's an engineer by trade and went to work in the automotive industry. And then he saw the light, the pellet-fueled light one day, and started building um, what became Gorilla Grills. Uh, And if you live on the West Coast, you probably haven't heard of them that much because they don't do – retailers you know you're not going to go to a big box store like home depot or lowe's or something like that and see gorilla grills there um they've got two stores they've got one in holland michigan and one they just opened up down in the dallas texas area and um i think that's a really really smart move on mark's part what made you decide to pick dallas well i guess the first and obvious reason i mean that's the the mecca for barbecue right right and uh it's number two in the, our uh, sales, if you look at by states. So we knew there was business down there. Um, our, our construction business already had a retail, or I should say a distribution center down there. So we were able to leverage that as far as warehousing a little bit. And uh, we just try to figure out how to get down there. And uh, how do you staff it? Because it always comes down to people, right? Sure. And who's going to run a store? Who's going to be able to do, um, talk to people and know the product? Hey, someone's got a problem. Who's going to be able to do all that? So we, we were just stuck. We're like, we weren't big enough and ha- didn't have people sitting around the office. Just, you know, <laughs> we were all running pretty thin. But one day, one of my, quite frankly, one of my top guys, uh, he heard me and uh, my uh, my boss talking over and talking about it. He's like, you guys talking about Dallas? We're like, yeah. He goes, what, what, what's going on? I'm like, well, we just really like to open, open a store or something. Down there. He goes, that's where, that's where my family's from. I was like, wait a minute, what? And then the uh, light switched and uh, uh, the switch flipped there. He, I lost him, so to speak, because he went down there. We, we yeah. moved him down there, got him a truck, and uh, found a retail store. A five, uh, close to 6,000-foot retail store. Wow. But it is amazing. Uh, all completely renovated. And uh, he hired some employees down there. And uh, it's got a huge kitchen area with an 80-inch TV, so we can do classes and all that kind of stuff. And the unfortunate thing, you know, the COVID hit, really the timing was horrible. 
but we know it's going to come back and we know we're in the right spot. So we're just, we're just buying our time and uh, they're doing pretty dang good for being there as little as they've done so far. Well, you know, down in Texas, we've got some stations in Texas and I've got family and friends that live down there and those guys will smoke or barbecue damn near anything. Um, you know, it's 110 like it is right now. Yeah. They don't care. They're used to it. <laughs> you know, they're used to it. We walk old story here, Mark, but I remember the first time I went to Houston years and years and years ago, and I walked off that airplane, walked right into that wall of humidity and thought I've died. <laughs> I've gone to hell, you know, I'm right here. And, uh, but those folks are pretty sturdy down there and they take their grilling and barbecuing and smoking very seriously. So I think you'll be fine down there. Yeah. But we found up here, it just takes time. I mean, probably 85% of the people that come through our store here in Holland, um, obviously the, the advertising we do on social media and Google and all that stuff pays dividends, but what really pays dividends is make a good product and take care of your customers because once these customers get them, they go to work, they start talking to their buddy and they tell their buddy about it. So again, 85% of the people that come in are sold by friends and family. Sure. And that just takes time. And we realize that. And, uh, they're your best advertising and the cheapest, quite frankly. And you just make a good product, take care of them and they'll sell your product for you. How does your price point stack up against some of your competitors? You don't have to name names if you don't want to, that's sure. fine. But, um, you, you are a pretty heavy duty, uh, as far as the construction and the engineering on your, on your gorilla grills, how does that stack up pocketbook wise for people? Well, this is where I think is a, a hugest advantage that it's hard to, it's the biggest advantage we have, but the hardest to portray because when people finally get a chance to touch our grills, they're like dumbfounded. They're like, this is nothing like the one I just felt at the big box store. Right. I mean, our, our cooking grates are quarter inch stainless steel. We have never replaced a set of cooking grates because they rusted out. They failed since I've been doing this. Our drip pan is 14 gauge stainless steel. It's like 16 pounds. So when people come in, I just hand them parts. I don't talk anything else. I said, here you go. And they're like, oh my gosh. And I hand them the next part. Oh my gosh. So proof is in the pudding, but proof is, takes physical touch in this case. So that's where the social media has been fantastic because as I mentioned earlier, when people finally get their hands on, they're like, oh my gosh, this thing is amazing. Built like a tank. So the price point that we fall in, we're not big box pricing, which I'm completely okay with. And we're not the high end pricing. We're at that sweet spot that, you know, hey, I want to spend a little bit more money and I'm going to get a heck of a lot more quality. I love where we're at because I have no dreams of trying to get into a big box store because I know I'm going to have to take about half the weight out of my grill to be able to compete. Do, um, so just round, round numbers here. So if somebody's got a budget and let's say a thousand bucks, um, are we in the ballpark there with Gorilla Grills? Absolutely. I mean, our cheapest one is our uh, Chimp, our portable one, and is now basically taken over our top sales position. The Chimp is the portable, the legs fold up. That starts at 529, 529, and that's sure. delivered right to your door. And it goes all the way up to our uh, Silverback AT, which is, comes on this all-terrain cart with 8-inch rubber wheels that are insane, and that's 999. And then we have all in between there. So from five twenty nine to nine ninety nine, we have something for everybody. You just said something that made my heart sparkle. You said uh -huh. you said a cart with rubber wheels. I got to tell you, one of my biggest bitches about and and I've gone through a lot of barbecues and smokers is that they some of the companies, not all of them, but put these cheap ass 
wheels on them. And if you need to move that unit, it's exceedingly difficult to move it because uh, um, the wheels won't hold. If you got to like, you know, try to move it from the shed to another, to the back patio and you got to go through a little bit of gravel or something. It's a real pain. This AT cart. I mean, if you haven't checked it out yet, you have got to check out the AT cart and it was for that. I mean, we had the basic kit caster wheels that we could move it around, but then, when I was going to these shows and stuff, I was like, this sucks moving this thing. If it's not flat concrete, it's no fun. Yeah. But we made this little cart here and one day and like, hey, this is cool. And we actually put a handle on it where you pull it with an axle in the front, just like a real red wagon. Because the other problem is people put all these casters where you got to try to push. Then you cut a stone and you go in over, in over, uh, in. Yeah. And so you want to be able to pull something. So when I'm pulling up in the trailer, I can kind of lift up on the front, jump the curves, jump rocks. And uh, the thing is insane, and it looks wicked cool, which is always a fun part of design as well. And to that, we had such good feedback from it. We actually modified the top to hold our, our charcoal Kamado grill now. And we just launched that about three weeks ago. So it'll actually fit a majority of the Kamado grills that are out there. You can buy our part that has this round top to it that has a round hole in the middle of the uh, base to it, and you can set any Kamado card in there because, as you know, Kamados are awesome until you try to move them. Oh, yeah. Over. Oh, yeah. So this cart is slick. I mean, you can put uh, any of the other brands, and you can, we pulled it through the grass the other day, and you just do not do that with a normal stand in the, in the Kamado grill. Mark's going to stick around for a few minutes for the after hours, but we've got to get out of here. Mark Graham from Gorilla Grills, uh, thanks for being with us. That was awesome, man. Thank you so much. No worries. Uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of Barbecue Nation. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.